Alrighty, so as Pastor Josh said, uh, we've been in the book of Ephesians. Who's been here the last couple of weeks? We're deep diving into the Word. I'll give you a quick recap if you haven't. If you, um, I would love for you to go back on the podcast, go back on YouTube, and just listen through it. But here's kind of the quick recap. So Ephesians, um, it was written around the, um, the, the year of 6061 AD. Um, it was a circular letter. So the Bible in the New Testament, a lot of it's made up of letters to different churches. Some of the letters are specific for churches. This letter, on the other hand, it was called what we call a circular letter. So it would be read out, not just at one church in Ephesus, but a whole bunch of different churches, which is great. So we can apply these things to our life as well. So it's very, very helpful. This morning is going to be very practical, a little bit of teaching, a lot of stuff that you'll be able to take away. Now, three themes, okay? Theme number one is that we are seated with Christ, okay? And um, it's through a justification grace, okay? Now, if you're new to church or if this is your first time, it's like, what what does justified mean? Pastor John, he preached a great message, and he just broke it down really simple. Just as if I had never sinned. That's the grace. There's nothing we can do. Um, to work for this grace, there's, there's no reason that we deserve it. But because Jesus loved us so much, like we celebrated um, just before and we remembered during communion, that's what justification grace is, all right? This means that we have every spiritual blessing available to us. That's awesome if you think about that. Every spiritual blessing, our creator, the God of heaven and earth, he wants to give us and he has given us through Jesus every spiritual blessing. And we're seated in heavenly places. We're sons, instantly adopted into the family of God when we allow Jesus to come into our hearts. That's what the first um, theme of the book of Ephesians is about. Second theme, who remembers it? Pastor Teresa preached on it. Isaac did. Pastor John preached a message on it last week. It's walking with Christ. And it's through a... Just, um, through a um, Sanctification, thank you. <laughs> Isaac preached the message, he remembers it. <laughs> it's through a sanctification grace, all righty? So what that means is, yes, we're seated with Christ. That is, that is it. No one can take that away when we accept that. But then we need to walk with Christ, and he gives us grace to do so. He gives us grace to serve. He gives us grace to be parents. He gives us grace to run businesses. And, he, um, and that's what the sanctification grace is because, man, so many times in the mornings, I'm like, I can't do this on my own, God. And that's when the sanctification grace comes. Yes, you can. You are my son. Remember, you're seated with me. I'll, I'll give you the grace to do this, especially when you've got kids. Who <laughs> can relate to that? We need sanctification grace. Awesome, awesome. And today, we're going to wrap up the book. So justification grace, sanctification grace. Today, we're going to be talking about the last chapter in chapter 6 about spiritual warfare. All right? It's going to get crazy in here. (laughs) Not too crazy, though. All righty? So spiritual warfare. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, just kind of to set this up. The way that Paul describes it, so remember, we're in Ephesus. He's writing to Ephesus. At the time, they were under Roman rule, and and Roman um, soldiers used to walk around. They used to be under their command. So what Paul's doing here is he's actually painting a picture of a Greco-Roman soldier, 
Okay, so keeping that in mind um, as we go through how he actually tells us how we should stand strong. That's really that third theme. So we see it with Christ, we're walking with Christ, and now we're going to stand strong when attacks come at us, when things try to draw us away. It's good? All right. See, I'm just, I'm so thankful that we actually um, are a church that teaches this stuff. Because if you would know me about... 15 plus years ago, I was, I guess, more of a passive Christian, okay? So I grew up in a, uh, in a, in a German family, I did, <laughs> but I grew up in a Christian family, a Christian household, went to church every Sunday, but then probably in my early teens, late 20s, I just started to make decisions that, um, that probably weren't the best for my life, okay? And, um, and it was just things that I wanted and what the world told me would actually make me happy, like chasing money, like partying on the weekends, like doing all these things that may be fun at the time, but you know what happens? We get drawn away from Jesus. That's what happens. And I was drawn away more and more, and I didn't even realize. Sundays, it was double dollars for me at work. So where was I going to be? At work. You earn twice the amount of money for the same amount of time. That's an easy decision. That's where I was going. In your morning times, I I used to have a great relationship with Jesus in the mornings, but then I was like, oh, I could do two jobs. So the morning time was replaced. My mornings with Jesus, my quiet time was replaced with doing shift work in the morning and then doing another job in the afternoon. See, the only goal that I had in my life, the only thing that was important to me was actually making more money. That's, that was my drive. And before I knew it, it was super subtle. It was like a covert thing. I ended up here. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, how did I get here? Yeah, well. That's the type of warfare that I faced. Right. And you may relate as well. It may not be money. It may be other things right. that are just drawing you away from Jesus, Good. that are drawing you away from being seated with Christ, yeah. walking with Christ. Right. And then here's what happens. You get to this place, and all of a sudden, the devil, we're going to talk about the devil a little bit here this morning, because he is sneaky. We'll, we'll, we'll uncover that in the book. He goes, you are a failure. How did you get yourself into this place? Because by then, money was everything to me. I wasn't making enough, so I actually went backwards, and we found ourselves in mountains of debt, credit card debt, bad debt, um, tax debt, because I just wasn't a good steward. I just was in the pursuit of more. So all of a sudden, these feelings of guilt and shame came in. How, ever, how are you ever going to provide for a family? Look at this mountain of debt. Look what you got yourself into. That was the voices in my head. You're never going to run a business. You can't even control your own finances. And you'd say you love your wife, but you never make time for her. Ouch. That's when, about 11 years ago, we came to this church. Thank you. (laughs) For the first time in a long time, we reconnected with God in a powerful way. And I believe some of you here this morning, you may not even know Jesus. You may have never connected with God you may not even know who he is, but you, you've just come here. You've been invited. It may be your first time. Later on in the service, I want to give you a chance 
to connect with Jesus in a real and powerful way. We're going to do that. Others of you, you may be where I am right now, just drawn away. You, d- you don't even know how you got here. But I want to encourage you. Over the last 11 years, we learned that we are seated with Christ. I allowed God to do a work in my heart. We learned how to pray. We learned how to warfare. We learned how to take back what the enemy's taken from us because the Bible says all he wants to do is kill and destroy you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. He wants to take away the things that God actually has for you. And the way he does that, and the big point I want to get across, is just a constant drawing, drawing away from Jesus. And that's what Paul addresses here in the, um, in the book of Ephesians, if we start diving into the scripture. So we're in Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. And Paul starts like this, finally, my brethren, I love this. It's not, hey, um, you're seated with Christ, you're walking with Christ, that's it, now go live in Disneyland Love it, love God. That's all part of it, and it's important. But this letter was actually leading up to this, not as in it's just going to be spiritual warfare on its own. He's actually stacking these themes on top of each other, okay? We've got to be seated with Christ. We've got to be walking with Christ. And we've got to be warfaring with Christ. We've got to get, what he's trying to do here is this. Church, we are going to face opposition, And and I've just gone through a few ways how that happens. It's lies from the devil. I showed you how that happened to me. It's very real. Those lies, probably an attack from the enemy. If you're feeling guilt and shame, that's not from God. God's full of encouragement. He wants the best for you. He's got plans for you. You are his son, his daughter. That's why these first few chapters are so important because it builds on this. And we're going to unpack that in a moment. Then you come back to God and you're like, I want to be walking with you, all of a sudden, he takes it to the other extreme, the enemy, the attacks. And it's like, you've got all these doubts. You start worrying. And even sometimes, and I don't think it's Christians in here, but you see a shadow, and it's like, that's the enemy. I'm going to throw some holy water on there. I know that's not us in here, but we go to the extreme. And that's what, not what Paul's saying. You shouldn't give the devil more power than what he has, Okay. Jesus defeated the enemy at the cross, and that's what we stand on. Even, (laughs) it goes even as far as sometimes you hear a magpie crow, and you're like, you are from Satan, get behind me. But you know what? I think magpies are just part of the Angry Birds family. And we need them too. But that's what Paul's saying, okay? Don't live over here in Disneyland, in the Bahamas, just loving God and just being with him. Be aware. And and the theme that runs through this, get this, stand strong. That's what we want to do as a church. I believe C3 Powerhouse, you are a church. We are a church that stands strong. And we're going to talk about how we do that as we unpack this chapter. Is that good? Are you with me? All righty. Cool, cool. Now, a few other like covert things that happen with spiritual warfare. There is a battle in our mind. That's what I just talked about. But it could be headaches as well. It could be a spiritual attack. It could be you moving up to the Sunshine Coast 11 years ago and saying, I'm making a stand. We're going to church. So you fight with your wife every time you go to church the few weeks. Could be a spiritual attack. It could be warfare. 
It could be you getting tempted at work. You've never looked at another woman, and all of a sudden, it's like, why is she giving me attention? Could be. All these things. As I said, don't live over here. Don't go to the extreme and give the, um, the enemy too much power, too much credit. But also don't live over here and be oblivious to it. What God's calling us to do is stand strong right here. And he's helping us. Paul's helping us here by telling us how to put on the armor of God. Are you ready for this? We're going to move pretty fast. There's um, six things he gives us, and we're going to move through them. My mouth's really dry. (laughs) How about church? We say the armor of God. It was so easy to open this bottle. Thank you. (laughs) I didn't have to wrestle with this. All righty, all right. We are in the armor of God. So I'm going to read the rest of the scripture real quick. So we, finished, we started at verse 10. I only said two words. So here's what it says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. If you're watching us online, I say, I'm going to be strong in the power of the Lord. We're going to unpack what that looks like, how to get strengthened. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil, scheming attacks, scheming ways that he tries to draw us away from being seated with Jesus. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Here it is. Okay, Paul's not saying, don't ignore this. Don't live on one extreme or the other. But we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's today. The evil day has already come. And having all, having done all to stand. See, it's just stand strong, stand strong. You don't have to go after the battle. The Bible says the battle is not yours, the battle is God's. Come on. That, that may be a word for someone here just this morning. You're thinking, I've got to go out and I've got to go after this and I've got to take this. But all God's asking us right now is to just stand strong. Stand, therefore, having girded your ways with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Number two. Um, and number three here, having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Come on. How about we break these up real quick? Is that cool? We're going to break these six um, things up because this is this is literally on my walk back to Jesus. These are the things that I had to put on every day. It's not like you put it on once. You put on the arm of God and you're good. It's not like you're born with it. This is a spiritual fight we're at. I want to. We got to get clear on this. We were born with a heart. We were born with with all of our organs, but we were not born with spiritual armor. It'd probably be weird if we came out with armor. <laughs> and I know my wife wouldn't be a fan of that. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, but that's the picture. You've got to put it on every day. You've got to put on this armor. All righty? So let's go through what this armor actually looks like and how to put it on. Number one, who knows it? No? <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> the belt of truth. Great. So it's verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. 
Alrighty, can I get that picture up, please? Because we're, we're trying to figure out how Paul is actually trying to communicate and relate to the Ephesian church. This is what the belt of truth in that day actually looked like. And online, if you're wondering, yes, those are the legs of our men's director, Dan Bowman. <laughs> Looking good. He's a man that stands strong, and I know you're a man who guards your, your waist with truth. <laughs> Honestly, though, so on a practical level, two defense mechanisms here. Number one, Yes, it does actually guard your loins. That's what it was created for, okay? So there's a defense mechanism. But then here's the other purpose of truth. You ready for this? Get that mental image out of your head. <laughs> May have to take it down. No, no, leave it up. The other thing the, um, the belt of truth does, it actually brings order. That's what truth does. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but me. The belt of truth holds everything together. It held all the armory in place. This is where we start. The logos, the word of God is truth. That's what we've got to stand on. And on a practical level, you, you stand on that when the enemy comes against you. But everything hinges on it. So that's why I believe Paul actually mentioned it first, because this is what locks the whole armory in place. Okay, so as I said, truth is logos. It's the word of God. On a practical level, it's literally the opposite of what the devil's trying to tell you each day. Lies, deception, you're not good enough, you're not the son of God, God doesn't even exist. The exact opposite. That's how we find it out, Okay. That's number one. Number two. Who said it earlier on? Breastplate of righteousness. Awesome. That's number two. Having, again, in verse number four, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, for me, the word righteousness is like justification. It's like, what does that even mean? It's a bit of a Christianese word. So if you're confused by it, I was. Here is all it is. It means that we're in right standing with God. Okay? Righteousness, right standing with God. And God's, I mean, Paul's asking us to put this breastplate on each day. And here's the picture that I get when he says that. The breastplate, it was designed to protect the heart. Okay? The Bible says all issues of life flow out of the heart. Above all, guard your heart. That's the instruction from the Bible. So that's the first thing. But then it actually goes deeper. If I can put that second picture up, we're going deep here. Is this okay? A little bit of, I've done some research and kind of breaking it down. Have a look over here. It's not just guarding the heart, is it? The breastplate of righteousness actually guards your entire torso. It, it also guards your back, your sights, even your shoulders. And man, as I was, as I was re researching this, God gave me a picture, and it was Jesus on the cross. So the breastplate of righteousness means that no matter what we do, there is nothing we can do to actually earn righteousness. We learned that in the first few. This is why. This is, it stacks on top. You've got to know that truth. But we can't earn it. And here's why. All of us fall short of the glory of God. I do. 
every day. But Jesus didn't. We, we just celebrated, and as I said earlier on, we remembered um, communion. The picture that I got in terms of the breastplate of righteousness, that it's more than just the heart, is that we don't live up to what Jesus did for us. He walked a blameless life, a sinless life. His heart was pure. This breaks me every time. His heart was pure. Full of compassion, full of love for us. Yet he hung on that cross. And his spear went through his heart. When we put on that breastplate of righteousness, we've got to remember this. It's nothing that I can do today. It's all what Jesus did on the cross for me. Get clothed in that. Come on, let's give Jesus a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are fully covered by the breastplate of righteousness. Remember that. It is Jesus and what he did on the cross that makes us right with God. When the devil says, you can't live up to that, when doubt comes in, this is where you go back to. This is why Paul's made this picture of a Greco-Roman soldier so we can actually remember, I'm putting on that breastplate of righteousness. Is that good? Come on, number two. Number three, the sandals of peace. Okay, so it says, and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, when the Bible talks about feet, always talks about evangelism. And here's the thing. We are all ambassadors of Christ. We may not all be evangelists. I'm not the type of guy that would be standing in Malulaba and just preaching like this. That's not me. But here's what I do do. The company that I run with my beautiful wife here, who I love. (laughs) Shout out to my wife, Marina, who stands strong with me in this all the time. The company that I run, it's built on the logos, the truth of God. I look at it as a, um, like a carpet. God's word is weaved through our company. It's in our values. It's in our goals. It's what we do. And so it's not me trying to preach to the people in my workplace For me, I believe putting on the shoes, the sandals of the gospel of peace, it's what you do. Not so much what you say, it's your actions. My my team, they see me praying all the time. They see me believing for crazy things, full of faith. They see me reading the word in the workplace all the time. They see the values. They see that part of the vision that we're on is to build a company that provides arms to the poor, finances the kingdom of God. That's my calling. I'm not going to hide it in my workplace, but then stand up here all holy. That's how I am an evangelist in my workplace, not by what I say, but what I do. That is the sandals of peace. Now, here's the thing. When you put on the sandals of peace, when you put on this armory, there is going to be opposition coming at you. And you may think sometimes, and I've seen this in our company We're now giving into the house of the Lord. We're now joining vision builders. We're now going to do the biggest pledge we've ever done. All of a sudden, everything looks like it's going backwards. But you know what? This is when we stand on the logos, on the truth. The truth is this, that the God that we worship here at C3 Powerhouse, He does not go backwards. He goes forward. He's a God of advancement. He's the God that sees the best in you, not the past of you, but what you've got and what's in front of you. And the picture right here, 
that Paul paints, if we can get those, um, they're actually called Caligae, Caligae, the, the sandals. They're not Crocs. <laughs> they're not even Birkenstocks. And I love the Germans. Very comfortable. These shoes here, have a look at that. These are warfare shoes. And when I said, God's not a God who wants to go backwards, the way these shoes were designed, they were not designed to go backwards. It was very hard in the day for soldiers to actually go walk backwards in these shoes. It was all about going forward, taking back what's been stolen from you, advancing the kingdom of God. That's what the gospel is. And these shoes will help you to do so in your daily walk. So put on those sandals. And check out what's on the bottom. It's like spikes. When the enemy comes against you, use those shoes. Dig your heels in and stand strong. That's what Paul's telling us right here. Put on the sandals, the gospel of peace, so you can stand strong against the attacks when they come against you, and you can move forward. You're not going to slip back because God is on your side. Angels are around you, and he's driving you forward towards what he has called you to do. Can I get an amen? And when we put on the sandals of the gospel of peace, we're prepared. We stand strong. And then when your employee says, I want to come to church, you get to invite them. It's not me hustling and trying to push my beliefs on anyone. It's me putting on the sandals every day and just being ready for when God's appointed time comes. Is that good? All right, we're nearly running out of time. Let's move fast here. The shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith with you, which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts. The way the shield, if we can get it up, the way that it was designed, it was out of the leather and wood. The fiery darts would come. If you don't have a shield up, you're going to still catch on fire. So the water actually quenches, quenches those. So you've got to put on the shield of faith for yourself. But the reason I've got this up here is actually a special name for this um, formation. It's called the Testudo Formation. And when I saw that, I saw C3 Powerhouse. I saw my connect group. I saw my prayer group. I saw us here at Revival Prayer standing together. So when the attacks of the enemy come at us, there's someone fighting it off at the front. There's someone fighting it off at the side. There's someone fighting it off at the other side, even behind, even at the top. No matter how the enemy's going to come at you, when you're here in this church, when you're part of a connect group, when you're in the Word, when you are fully clothed and armored with what God has for you, the devil has no chance. He's under our feet, the Bible says. He's under our feet. I did some more research on this, and you could literally drive a car over this, and it would not crush the soldiers. That's, how, that's the strength. Pastor John was talking about this unity in the church. This is what it represents. Everything is building to being armored for the call of God in your life. I wrote this down. Church is as much for the individual as the individual is for church. We love everyone. We want to invite everyone in. But hey, when you're in here, you're for us as well. We've got to link arms. We've got to pray together. Where two or three agree on anything, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. That's what the Bible says. Number five, and take the helmet of salvation. If we get that one up real quick, 
First, it's to protect us from blows to the head, your mindset, all the lies that the devil's trying to spin. But then it's got these flaps on the side as well. What are those for? It's actually to not get confused with, with, with what's going on around you. Netflix, toxic people, the media, trying to confuse us with what God's actually saying about our lives. Now, here's the thing. When you've got flaps on the side and you can't see anything, you've got to trust the soldier next to you. That's where the formation comes in. All this armor I'm seeing, it's not just for us. It's actually for us together as a church. Better together, stronger together. Put on hope every day. Renew your mind every day. Focus on eternal things. Oh, and the sword of the Spirit. See how all up till now, it was just defensive? Just stand strong, stand strong, stand strong. But you know what? When I told you that story at the start... I actually had to take back ground. My wife and I, we had to actually take back what has been stolen with us. And the way that we do it is with the sword of the Spirit, which is, in verse 17, which is the Word of God. Now, we talked about truth. That's logos. Word of God, truth, it protects you. The other word is rhema. That's a word from God. The Holy Spirit brings it alive, and we use it to fight. So how does the word come alive? I really want to tell you this. Have we got time for this? Is that all right? This is how God brings a word alive for me, and I hope and I believe it's going to help someone here today. First thing is, you've got to be in the word every day. Every day. No excuses. This is priority. C3 Powerhouse, can we be a church that's in the word and going deeper in the word every day? That's number one. Number two, when you are in the word every day, something will spring out. This is not a book like any other book. When you're reading this word, and I do this every day, I pray, Holy Spirit, bring this alive to me. What have you got for me today? And something, and this is a supernatural transaction. We're in a supernatural war, remember? So let's use supernatural armor and um, defense mechanisms. The Holy Spirit will bring something alive. It'll jump off the page and it'll speak directly to your heart. It won't mean anything like it to anyone else. It'll be a word for you. And that's what you then stand on. You need to write it down. Put it on your phone. Put it on your mirror. Have it everywhere. You want it in your heart because I want the word then not just to go, okay, that's a great word and it's in my head. I want it to move into my heart. And then I want that to bubble up. And then when the enemy comes with attacks, I've got something to stand on. Here's what it looks like for me this year. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. When I get anxious at work, that's the word that I stand on. When I believe, oh no, we're out of our depth here. We've just gone crazy here in terms of our giving, in terms of what we believe God can do. This is what I stand on. It's a rhema word for me because I know God's called us to be bold this year and take bold moves. And he's done the same for you. He wants the same for you. The rhema word, it comes alive. Let me finish on this. Everything Paul talked about here, it's active. Okay? I said that at the start. We weren't born with this. We're in, this is not a natural battle. This is a spiritual battle. So you've got to gird your waist every day. It doesn't just come 
Get into the truth, know the truth, gird your waist with it. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's a daily thing. You've got to pick it up, put it on. Shod your feet. You've got to put those feet on. You've got to decide, my God goes forward. He doesn't go backwards, and I believe that. I'm going to put on those caligays, and I'm going to stick those nails in, not just to hold me, but to make those nails in the shoes count and also the nails on the cross that pierced Jesus' hands and his feet. Take up the shield of faith. Take up the helmet of salvation. Take up the sword of the Spirit. I believe God wants to do some business here this morning. He wants to take back some territory that's been stolen. If I can get the ministry team up, please.